Welcome back to Salt Pepper Ketchup, y'all. This is episode three. The podcast that's about healing, that's powerful, authentic, and culturally relevant. Yes. I'm Arnie. I'm Zoha. Ooh, I was about to give y'all my government. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Angel. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about healing as a concept. Right, right. So, um, what is healing to you, Angel? Um... Well, healing is a lot of things, but I think first for me, healing is an act of self-love. Don't make me cry. (laughs) I mean, it really is. Um, Healing can take many different forms, but in and of itself, it really is about you loving on yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And and, in whatever ways that you see fit to do that, right? Right. External, internal, spiritual, the non-tangible, the physical, all of it. and I think that healing is an action verb. It's something that you do. Mm. You do healing on yourself and on others. Mm. Right? Um, yeah. So, if you can't tell, I'm a fan of healing. <laughs> uh, I think that healing is very much uh, a part of thank you, life force energy. Um, and I think that <clears throat> if people take the time, to just get quiet a little bit and check in, you might discover some really awesome things by way of healing. Wow. Um, my working definition of healing. Um, well, first I want to give a caveat because that's the type of nigga I am. Everybody ain't come here to heal. I know, and, and it's hard when you are here to heal mm. to allow people to not heal. Mm. Um, but for me, healing is stepping into the unknown, the various possibilities that could show up. Um, sometimes, um, like you said, healing can be an action. Sometimes healing is just existing Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I like to say for me. Because motherfuckers be like, well, that ain't my experience. Don't do, don't, I'm not going to all heal you. Don't do. And um, from my experience, healing is um, a process, Uh right? A lot of people say healing is a process or healing is not linear. Those are two hashtags that I use often. And the process can look various ways. A lot of times we looking at our behavior or something we're going through or that's happening around us and we don't think that it's healing because it has what we would consider negative aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but healing includes all things. The, what we would consider negative and what we consider the positive and what we don't consider. So it's, it's so much. It's so vast. Healing is so vast. It's almost like I don't want to compare God to healing, but that's how I think of healing. Like how I think of God, like it's so vast, so impossible to contain. Mm-hmm. That's how I think of my healing. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, it's so big. Sometimes I don't even know I'm doing it mm, mm, mm. Yeah. until afterwards. I'm like, whoa, that was good. Right. That that changed me. Right. That set that sat inside me and it moved something. Mm-hmm. And you know, those are usually the best moments is when I'm not really trying. Like, when I'm not, like, on task, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this. I'm going to make it happen, you know? Like, and then when it just, like, comes up on me, sneaks up on me, and it's, like, knocks on my shoulder, and it's, like, we're here. We've yeah. arrived. Yeah. Almost like 
<clears throat> healing kind of happening to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that, that passive healing. Yeah. That gets to occur. Yeah. When I think about healing, I think it gets us closer to ourselves. Mm. Right? Like mm-hmm. our original self to like who we are on the inside at our core. Right. Before all the interruptions. Right. So when you said God, that made me think about that. Like I feel like healing gets us closer to God. Right. Or whatever we call God. Or right. whatever the, the universal spirit or the universal life force. You know, Correct. Call it whatever you want. But healing gets us closer to um, that thing. You have some feedback? No. Okay. No feedback. Um, also, when you say passive healing, there's two. There's different types of healing, right? There's active healing, like I mentioned, when you're you have a goal and uh, the desired outcome, and you make a plan and steps, and that's what a lot of us do. A lot of us do active healing, right? Um, and then there's passive healing where um, you're in a process of um, just living, experiencing, and you enter a realm of healing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you're not controlling what happens, right? Um, and a lot of times, those the the the, the passive healing sometimes comes off as mostly negative, right? Because mm-hmm. we'll enter a situation where we're thinking everything's going to turn out great, and then we learn a lesson. Right. It turned out the way you thought it was going to turn out. Right? So then that's where you get that passive um, lesson, that passive healing um, experience. And you're like, oh, this is what I was supposed to get from this. I wasn't supposed to get the thing that I thought I was supposed to get. I was supposed to get this thing, Mm -hmm. which makes more sense and is more in alignment with who I am and where I say I want to be. Right? So sometimes we connect um, to a thing thinking that we have one desired outcome, but the actual outcome is something that's grander and more useful. Mm -hmm. And that's a way of passive healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's important to, um, for me, one thing that's important is you have to feel Mm -hmm. in order to heal. Yeah. And I say that a lot. And that's because... When my healing journey kind of picked up and accelerated was when I stopped drinking. Mm -hmm. And um, I drank for years in order to numb Mm. my experience. And when I stopped drinking, of course, I started feeling all of the things I had been numbing for so many years. And I came to this understanding that if I was going to heal myself or as a part of my personal healing journey, I was going to have to feel the shit. Right. And all the shit. Right. Even the stuff that I, you know, all of it and things that I didn't want to relive or go through, whatever. It was it was necessary. Right. Um, but once I kind of fully committed myself to the healing journey uh, after I had I stopped drinking, which was 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, what what happened is life kind of opened up to me by way of healing. Right. Healing just started coming. It accelerated because right. I, I removed one big barrier to right. being healthy and well, which was alcohol. And so it created a path for the all kinds of things that needed to be taken care of, could be taken care of, which was predominantly my heart and my spirit that right. needed some taking care of, being taken care of. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think it's important, like when we think about healing, whether it's passive or proactive healing mm -hmm. that we're doing, you know, creating space for ourselves to allow for healing to occur. Right. Because it will show up. Yes. If you create the space. Right. Mm -hmm. So like how you said that um, you had to remove a barrier so that you could feel. My healing process was a little more, I was always feeling. Mm. But what I had to do was learn how to manage mm -mm. those receptive spaces that I was taking on. I was like, everything felt like I was always on the edge of dying. Like, mm. it was so much all the time. Like, every experience I had was fraught with so much emotion. Like, it was just always, something was always happening to me. <laughs> right? Like, I was never in charge of how I felt. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the biggest transition for healing for me was taking ownership of my feelings and not letting my feelings always be an outside information. Mm -hmm. And it, like when they show up, like what does this mean internally? How did I get here? Um, what is this process? Why are you laughing at me, man? <laughs> I'm laughing because I have those processes all the time and I get tired of them. Oh, yes. They, they become repetitive. alive. Because yeah. you have, you're always processing what's happening for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, 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 uh, it's overwhelming. At, and you do have to take breaks interrally to like just live and shit. Because <laughs> like if you're always doing this for every fucking situation too, are you really even experiencing anything? Right. You're, you're right? processing the Right. You're processing the process. The process, processed, processed. <laughs> You're a chicken nugget. The fuck? <laughs> Don't be a chicken nugget. <laughs> Don't be a fucking chicken nugget. So I started learning how to take in the information that was coming to me and not make it about me. I was so Eeyore, but I didn't realize I was fucking Eeyore. But I was like Eeyore, Eeyore. with, uh, what's that nigga that live in the trash can? Oscar the Grouch. Yes. That was me. That's my favorite. I love Oscar. I was like Eeyore slash Oscar the Grouch. I was like, why is this always happening to me? Why the fuck is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> At least you had some duality in that experience. <laughs> when I, on the other hand, was just always Oscar the Grouch with a bottle of Jack. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, Lord. <laughs> me and Jack, best friends. Oh, so... When I realized I could manage those things coming at me, that I can manage the all the emotions, all the outside recept, you know, things that were showing up and living on top of me, instead of constantly being in response to everything, um, then it changed the way that I saw healing. Mm. Like, um, and I learned that I want to say when I went to ascend. I didn't perfect it in a sin, but I learned it in a sin. The sin was a, um, a healing space that was run by this black man that no longer lives here. Two black men. Two black men. You correct. It was two black men. <laughs> right. It was, but you know, in my head, I had, I had a really good relationship with Ron. So he sticks out the most in my, my space, but yes, Chet also was a good part of Ascent and he did bring a lot to the table um, especially with the first processes of, that we had to go through. Um, so I'm very appreciative to both of them and even Sonia who was on the back burner and helped make 
bring that feminine energy into that space. But Ron specifically taught me meditation. Mm-hmm. And when he taught me meditation, it made me realize meditation, you know that scene in the Matrix where those bullets are coming at Neo and he holds up his hand and he stops them and he realizes like that he could bend. He had this power all the time. Mm-hmm. That's how I realized meditation was. Like for me and with the emotional processing that when I went into a meditative state, I could slow down every emotion that I was feeling and that I could process them and get through and get to the root of them instead of moving through them like I was prior. Um, and even Neo, like before he got to the point where he could stop them, he was always fighting, 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 fighting. You saw him, he was fighting the agents and you know, and that's how I was. I was like always fighting somebody, always arguing, always having a hard time and my life looked like that. I literally could not maintain a housing. I was always moving um, either because I was breaking a commitment that I had with someone that I was in the space with or I just wasn't happy when in the spaces that I chose to be in and I created disruption mm-hmm. in order to get out of the spaces that I said I wanted to be in right. because it was really me. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I was fighting myself the whole time. And oh, learning the way he taught me meditation, which was which I haven't seen anywhere, I've been looking for it on YouTube, the way he taught us meditation, um, it really resonated with me. And it took me like a year to even get to a 10-minute meditation the way he taught me. But that whole year focusing really helped me move pieces around and get rid of people, places, and things that I was holding on to because of these victim conversations that I was having that wasn't allowing me to show up fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, um, expanding that process um, with yoga and Buddhism and even Islam um, helped me. Um, the deep prayer, the amount of times you pray in Islam is so deeply meditative and so healing. Like, that's worth the religion. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't stick with the the main parts of the religion, but the praying five times a day and just being with yourself and being able to hear yourself and, and actually knowing that you have a relationship with God. This is not something I learned prior to that in Christianity. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. So, um, and then taking it to the next level with Buddhism and understanding chanting and that you're taught chanting certain uh, words that are incantations that are healing just changed the whole game for me. And I know that, you know, this is a hard sell for people who are staunchly Christian, you know, to because, you know, but Christianity did not sit on my skin like these other um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. religions um, Mm -hmm. were able to penetrate. It just didn't do that for me. And it was not that, you know, I wasn't practicing it right or anything like that. It just didn't sit well with me. Right. Um, But yeah, so... Finding a way to allow myself to feel mm-hmm. was the, the wave, like, and to do it in a way that wasn't harmful to myself and others. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times we spend our lives exacting and executing harm upon ourselves and others because we're unhealed. Yeah. In a lot of different ways and in a lot of different places. 
One thing for me, I used to think that healing was very linear. Mm. And that once I healed, like, right, I it was like, a, a, then I'm done with that thing and I can move on to Mario the next thing. Kart or some yep. shit. Like, you go to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> each, each, you know, world that I passed through, then I didn't have to do it anymore and I was done and I could move on to the next thing. But that is not how I discovered healing worked. For me, what I uncovered is that the more I dug, the more digging I was going to have to do. Mm -hmm. And then the more digging I was going to have to do. And the more digging I was going to mm -hmm. have to do. Um, and when you talk about meditation and healing or prayer and healing, because to me, prayer and meditation, they're the same thing. They're synonymous with one another. You know, that was another thing that, that used to be, uh, that I used to think was unavailable to mm. me because I couldn't quiet myself long enough in a meditation. I didn't know, I didn't know how to meditate and I didn't feel like I was strong enough to mm -hmm. meditate because mm -hmm. that was for somebody else who'd done the work right mm -hmm. more advanced mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. i was like what the fuck is that right mm -hmm. but that's what i thought and i actually stumbled into meditation out of like some desperate need i was like this shit gonna work for me today <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna find something that's gonna help me meditate right right, right. and i i did i found a guided meditation that's what i uncovered i need guided meditations mm -hmm. um, right most of the time. But I uncovered this guided meditation and I heard one thing crystal clear in that meditation. I heard the word shut up <laughs> loud as day. Right. And it was my mother's voice. Wow. And I even saw the words in the meditation. Wow. But what it told me was that I had so much more work to do around my childhood than I thought. Right. And then I embarked on a journey where I started to kind of pull that stuff up. Right. And I was using a healing tool that we'll talk about a little later. <laughs> um, but in pulling and excavating some of that pain and some of that old trauma, right. I began to put it in its proper places and assage it a little bit, put a little salve on it and, mm -hmm. and work it out, right? So it didn't hurt the same anymore. Right. That I didn't have to numb it anymore right that it could be a part of the experience but not drive me right 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 so not being driven by the pain and so and so in that process in early 2017 and 2018 and the work i was doing that went into 2019 because this was like years it took me to get in these places and spaces emotionally in that time I develop new muscles. Right, right. New memory. Yeah. Exactly. And so healing now is one of the easiest things I do in my life. Right. When four or five years ago, healing as a concept was one of the most complex and insurmountable ideas for me. Right. Now I think about healing when you said that you dig it deeper and deeper and deeper. I just usually tell people, you think of it like an onion. Mm-hmm. You know, onion is very layered and then it gets goes this big layer and then it goes into tiny little layers where it's almost like the non-existent right um you're you're an onion mm -hmm. not a chicken nugget <laughs> <laughs> you're an onion healing the first part let me got rewind rewind sound yeah sound the healing is more spiral circular mm -hmm, mm -hmm. actually our whole lives are circular mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
so when you think about that process, you're you're starting at the outer and you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into something, just like an onion. And every time you go around the turn, you encounter an old trauma or old self or old wound or old belief, mm-hmm. old thought process. And but you have new experiences that counteract mm-hmm. those things, right? And at first, on the outer layers of your onion, where there's no protection, every time you bump into something, it feels like you're gonna die. Right. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's raw. And- yeah, you're taking pictures of yourself while you're crying, posting them on Instagram. <laughs> And all that stuff, right? <laughs> this is this is that level of healing. Raw, like when the you raw is the raw. When you are, I can't take this shit no more. You taping yourself if you're that type of person, or you're just sitting in the bedroom, sitting in the, in the dark bedroom crying, alone, in the dark, crying, smoking and, cigarettes right. all night long. Right, it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. You feel like or shit. trying to fuck the pain away, or drink the pain away, or party the pain away. You know, we could keep going. Right. <laughs> so those first layers are very visceral. Right. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I hate this shit. I don't want to be here. But here's what happens when you acknowledge it, right? You you gonna acknowledge it. This is shit, mm. right? That's where you start your active healing process, right? A lot of times you got to get to that first, right? This is not the life that I want to fucking live. This is awful, right? right? And it might take you a while. You might have to go around that first layer about three times before you realize you can turn down that next layer to get that protection right. that you the need. The next level down. Yes, right? So when you get to that, when you realize that you go to that next layer, all of those things that trigger you are there and you know they're there. You're aware that they're there. You're you're aware of your belief systems. You're aware of the people that you don't really fuck with. You're aware of the situations that you don't really, that skits for you. Right. That you're like, mm, not for me. But you might not be ready to own it right. all the Do way anything, yet. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's still, when it touch you, it's still like, ah! Mm-hmm. A little mm-hmm. hee-hee in there, right? Hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really care about us. Oh, oh, oh. All I want to say is that they don't really care about us. Oh, oh. Okay, anyway. but <laughs> So that's where you be at. But it's not as visceral as that first layer right. where you was like, you know, shit was bad. Right, right. right. And you just keep traveling down into it and you keep learning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And that's your that's your process. And the, the when I tell people, you know, healing, I might, I might be doing that onion. Till I drop this body. Right. Right. A lot of people want to do that onion for two days. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> Who wants to do the work? Like, you know, and I I can say that as somebody who has kind of been committed on a healing journey for some time. I don't want to do this shit most of the day. Right. You know what I'm saying? There right. are some days when I wake up and be like, man, motherfuck healing. I ain't doing that shit today. And that's okay. <laughs> right. And then there are those days where I also know what I used to be like. Right. And I'm not going back there. Right. So I, I don't have no choice but to forge forward. Right. As I was listening to you talk about the spiral. And I like that idea. Like, because I could literally see a person going down mm-hmm. in a spiral. Right. And meeting the same characters mm-hmm. in the same circumstances, mm-hmm. but having different tools for each right. point in time. Tools and armor and all the things you yeah. need. Yeah. And it made me think about that 
meme or picture. It's a cartoon picture I've been seeing on Facebook for years now of someone digging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they gave up, but it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Just <laughs> before they give up the dig, the diamonds and the gold was right there. And right. I, and I that's all I could think of when I was thinking about going down that spiral and going deeper is that don't stop. Right. Because you never know what's in front of you. Yeah, take breaks. Right. Take as many breaks you as gotta you need. You got to take breaks. Because right. yeah. heal, healing journey is like a horror movie. <laughs> Why? And it's about to be Halloween soon. Hey. <laughs> I mean, it just, I just think about it like that, right? Like you, like that girl in um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the dark-haired girl that was the one from the beginning. She went to always like episode five or whatever. But okay. I mean, you're gonna have to tell me about it because I'm my scary ass. Oh, she was the one. That, <laughs> she was the one that Freddie kind of focused his energy on, right? And every time it came back for part two, part three, the bitch oh, she was in it. Oh, it's okay. like Jamie Lee Curtis being chased oh, by the dude with Mike Myers. Okay, right, okay, right, okay. Right, right, right. But the point is, my larger point about the horror story <laughs> is that, you know, the people in the movie, they can't get, they in that cycle, right? right. Until they figure out right. how, what's next or what's going to get Freddie to leave me alone or what's going to get Michael Myers to get the fuck on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the same thing when you're, when you're in your healing processes, putting in your, putting in your stop gaps right. for yourself that are safety mechanisms for you. Right. Calling that friend that you right. only trust with this level of intimate information. Right. Right. Like allowing yourself a joyful day where you go sit out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Right. Just allowing yourself a moment to breathe and say, you've done a good job up until this point. Thank you for getting me right. here. We'll do some more tomorrow or next week or next month. Yeah. Or even acknowledging that a behavior is not totally healed and that you still might engage in that behavior. That's so hard. At a lower risk than you did before. Oh, the perfectionist in me. <laughs> Like, hey, because we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right. right? If it ain't working, we right. just chuck no, it off. No, but that's generally not how it works. If I have, um, like, one of my comforts used to be peanut M&M's. I don't know why. I could eat two bags of peanut M&M's in a day. Okay? But what I had to do was <laughs> slowly scale it back until one day I just was like, I don't want no damn M&M's. Like, but the, 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 the way that we're taught it, to get rid of things is just, just cut, it, cut it off. Kibosh. And what's, what's that's going to do, right? If I have a comfort issue, I'm going to find other ways to make myself comfortable. Mm. If I'm not going, it might not be the M&M's. Maybe I'm going to have a drink here or there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going to allow myself to not do what I'm supposed to do and indulge in, like, slothiness and whatever. But that comfort is going to have to be Go addressed. Yeah. Now, how do I address that comfort in a healthy way that's going to um, broaden my healing process, right? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. the goal is, because we're all addicted. We're all something. addicted to something. Mm-hmm. Is our di- Are our addictions ones that are going to foster our growth or are our addiction ones that's going to help us help our demise? That's mm-hmm. the point, right? Mm-hmm. So one pe- someone could say I'm addicted to yoga. Someone could say I could, I'm addicted to meditation. Mm-hmm. Some could say I'm addicted to journaling. Mm-hmm. But those things are things that broaden my process. Right. Now, you know, and they help me, you know. So I will take those addictions. Like, and mm-hmm. it, you know, so now I'm cycling to the point where I, I'm coming out of those addictions where I don't need them every day. At first it was like, if I don't journal, if I don't do yoga, if I don't meditate every day, I'm going to go crazy. Cut <laughs> <Got> a nigga. <laughs> But now I have a cachet. Right. Like my cup is full, right? So 
now I can tell like when I when my cup is low, let me fall do my fallbacks. Right. Let me let me get my cup back up. Let me get my reserves back up. I can tell because um I know what my my um heal unhealed shit is. My unhealed shit is complaining. I hear myself complaining, oh, I'm out. I'm off. My unhealed shit is judgment. Judging motherfuckers. If I'm scrolling, I'm like, look at this bitch. Look at that bitch. Oh, bitch, you off. You is off. You gone. You out of here. <laughs> and then my most my most notable trait for me of knowing that I need to work on myself is being like um insidiously starting shit. Like wanting to start a fight, having an attitude for no reason, one making things difficult for other people. A lot, you know, and I know that's a hard thing to identify if you do those things, but I know I do those things. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I used to do those things is so that I can always be seen as the person who's perfect. I'm, mm. I'm a firstborn. I have to be the best. Uh, so how do you be the best? Sometimes you got to undermine your competition. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're making you you highlighting something that's important here, and that's self awareness. Right. Yeah. Right. And like healing requires, um, and like it requires us to be present and right. to be aware of ourselves, our patterns, our motivations. Right. Right. Why we do shit. Why we don't do shit. Right. Uh, how we set up conversations or relationships because we do we do it every day. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a really good. Right. And it's really one of the things that I do daily is uh, internal bias check. Hmm. And it is very alarming some days. <laughs> like like did you think that like that's how you in the world functioning? You was fucked up. Like. <laughs> you know, like, and, 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 and it's really good, like, you know, if you're scrolling Instagram, like, just listen to those first thoughts when you on the internet or you talking to somebody and the thought that comes to your mind, this bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could tell you right now. I, I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah I got it, some new information today about myself just listening to you so far. Because I could tell you how I go through it. And I'd be like, oh, her forehead's too big. <laughs> her <laughs> nose is too big. Why did she pick that color? <laughs> Uh, this is not something to celebrate. <laughs> Nobody cares about your ugly children. I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, it's honest. I'm Part of honest. my letter, kids. Don't do it again. I did. I had took a double take of somebody's child. <laughs> and you know, I've just been telling the truth. And, and listening to you, that's like, okay, new information. Maybe you, that's low vibration right there, Angel. Well, I knew it was low vibration. <laughs> I know. But it felt good. <laughs> no, I didn't even really feel good because I was like, Angel, you know you shouldn't say that. But the the point is being present to it. Right. Right. And that it's even occurring. Right. And I think that a lot of times, I can, I can only speak for me because I only live in this body. But a lot of times over the years, I've been walking around not even present. Right. Like right. not even aware mm. of how I'm feeling mm. or thinking. Right? And thinking that's going to get me through. If I'm not present to my thoughts, then how the fuck am I going to get through the day? Yeah. But getting through on autopilot, a lot of times for many of us, is the way of living. Yeah. And I'm just hearing, you know, in this conversation about healing, it's about not being on autopilot. Right. And about being checked into yourself and having a relationship with yourself. Very similar to the one we were just talking about before, right? Right. 
being in relationship with yourself is definitely a facilitator of healing. Yes. And it's, that's another, another show. Anyway, okay. No, I was saying like, that's like the whole thing that we're being stopped from doing. Connected to self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every system that's in place is to block that intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. School. Mm-hmm. Work. Work. <laughs> Even home. Even home. Like how you're supposed to maintain yourself in your parents' home. You're supposed to be able to function this way, function that way. These are the rules. These are this. Da, 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 and then da, da. we become adults that re- replicate the same yeah. rules in our own houses. And so it's not a parent in there to tell you what right. to do, but you, you are controlling yourself. Right. Yeah. You don't even know if you, like, I had to check. Um, You know, whether I was clean because I like being clean or I was clean because I was abused Mm. so much as a kid around cleanliness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I'm clean. Mm -hmm. Do I I like being clean? I like things being clean. I do. But at the expense of my mental health. Right. And it was for a long time at right. the expense of my mental health and at the expense of anybody's mental health around me. Because it was extreme. Me. Right. It was extreme. It was like nothing could be out of place. And it was because when my mom came home, if it was a hair out of place, someone got the shit knocked out of them. Right. Like, so I brought that with me into adulthood and I almost placed it on my children and I'm walking around the house. Y'all don't care about nothing around here. Y'all don't care about how the house looks. And y'all don't take care of the house. We have more if you can't take care of what we have. And I sound insane. Right. You know you what I mean? You sounded like your mom. I sound like my mom. Because are we, do we live here? Or is this a showroom? Right. Right. Are we expecting anyone? Right. And why can't they see us living? Right. Right. Huh. Yeah, when you said that showroom shit, it just took me back to the plastic couch covers. <sighs> and um, the, 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 the patterns in our black community of it. Right? And... and there is something to be said about having a beautiful living space. Yes. yes. But then there is also something to be said about having a beautiful living space that you can't live in. But what does that come from? Well, we know that's post-traumatic. Yes. Space, yeah. It's know? just like, come on. Now, why was... We was living in shacks and shanties. They, they didn't even... Until the New Deal. They didn't even care if we lived in the back of alleys. Right. But in... When in, I say they, I mean the, the government... It's, white people at I was large. just going to say, just call it what it is. <laughs> the whites. The whites. The white people. We were literally living. It was, and it, it happened because there was so many poor black people in D.C. living in the alleys. Yeah, and, the alleys and shacks and, and everything yeah. that um, it was just unseemly to have the capital. Right. The United States having these Negroes living in the alleys. <laughs> oh, please build them projects. Well, yeah, then there was that. <laughs> and then, then that's what it. they did. That's where projects came from. We, came should do from a, that. we should do a whole show on history of black folks in the inner city. We should. That would be we dope. Should. That would be dope. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's something to be said about this living room situation. <laughs> that shit got you tight. It is. It just is <laughs> so, what's the word? It's so analogous to being black in America. And you have this right. whole living room that's put that's together. It's it's clean, it's pristine, but the rest of the house and what's behind our curtains, we in so much dysfunction and breakdown 
Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. it. The limo stood out so much to me as I was listening to you right. talk about how we keep our homes versus how we're behaving in those homes. Because even when your mother had y'all cleaning the house and making sure it was spotless, there was a there was a monstrous experience happening in that right. home. But the living room looked good. The house looked good. The bedroom looked good. Right. Right. As good as it could. Well, yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you said, but yeah. 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 It was clean to our yeah. standards. And that's how we do ourselves too. Right. right. The body looks good. The outside looks good. But on the inside, we, we not well. Honey, sicker than sick. Just yeah. disgusting. And I use myself back to, you know, we talked about our healing journeys. When I got sober, oh man, you know, you were there. Y'all saw it. I was there. I was really on a knee. Yeah. And um, I couldn't figure out how to get up. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to stand up. And I had to surrender. You know, they always talk about that in AA and NA. Talk about surrendering and turning it over to God. I had to put my hands up. Because the way my life was looking, I didn't have a choice. I was so tired. I just had to say, okay, I'm out. I can't play this game no more. I am clearly losing <laughs> at this game. I'm right. losing at the illusion of the clean living room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm losing. And so let me do something else, which was stand up and do the healing work. Right. As I would say, all the shallow shit was in order. Well, <sighs> the rest of it was just fucked Shit was fucked up. up. Right. Yeah. I'm standing on sand. I'm standing on the beach, like holding sand in my hand, trying to sell it. <laughs> Everybody else like, bitch, how you gonna sell us sand at the beach? <laughs> right. And right. I'm like, what? You don't believe me? Yeah. You're not buying this pitch? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, one of the things that well, I... That's a good one right there. Because that's literally, like, how black parents sell life to black, chi- black children. Hey, I'm gonna give you. Yeah, something. I'm a this. I'm selling this bullshit to you. You, you can, you can, you can have this wonderful, beautiful life that you have to slave away for and work for and kill yourself for and then kill everyone around you and compete with everybody around you for and you know the endless conversations of the black mom coming. This bitch at my job. But you know that's not really black. That's mm-hmm. not black thought. That's mm-hmm. white capitalist thought. Yes. Because we are a communal people. But we bought into it. But that's that's why I say it's black, uh, white capitalism. It is thought. white capitalism. It's so thought, much but so now that we think it's a part of who we are. Yes. Right? It permeates our churches, especially. You see that shit over there. in churches so much. Yeah. It permeates our churches, our workplaces, our schools. Because I know some nasty teachers. Yeah. Nasty ass teachers. Yeah. You can know how you even teach your kids. But that's another, that's another <laughs> podcast. It's a lot of people with access to children that should not. Have access right. to children, right? Yeah, I yeah, I think we need to. Any, that's another podcast to redo the whole, you know, education system and rethink how we educate our children. I think our babies need to be educated at home, but that's another story. Yeah, it's a lot going on. Yeah, but I, I you know, I healing is free. It's free. It's free. And it's I technically, used, I used to think it came with a cost. It's technically free. It does come with a cost because authenticity is very expensive. It is, but when when you are in relationship to yourself, authenticity flows without cost. Yes, it does. Right, when but it it is a cost. You are gonna you you're da- dabbing outside the social norms. You are daring to um, 
change mm-hmm. to not go with the flow. the flow. Yes, of dysfunction. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it, it it is free technically, but it is a cost. You become an outsider in a world that you were submersed in. Mm. I could I can dig that, and I'll co-sign that. You're right. There is a cost because there's a cost of being authentic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish it was. I wish there was a way for people to be authentic without it um, demonizing them in the eyes of those who love them. Yeah. I but mean, once you start telling the truth, or at least your truth, and it don't match up with other people's truth. Yeah, but you know, there's some. Motherfuckers don't be liking you. But what comes with that freedom is that I don't give a fuck card. Yeah. Like, you know, I. I do care what people think about me. Like, I care. Because we just talked about that. Like, will people listen to the podcast? And what are they going to think? Right. And, all that? and will we say the right things? But at the end of the day, when I'm being my most authentic self. Right. When I'm vibrating in that energy. I don't really give a fuck about what other people think. Because I am in my most authentic skin. Right. And it's when I start putting on those other coats. Right. And getting back in that old skin. That right. shit that was hankering me. Down in the first place, fear, doubt, shame. Because that's all that is. Will right. they accept me anymore? Will they love me anymore? When I'm wearing those coats, that's when I am worried about that. But when I'm in my most authentic self, I'm not really worried because I know more of the truth, right? Like, even when we go, when you pray, go into your meditations, God, the universe shows you more. More is, uh, what is it, revealed to you. Mm-hmm. When you know more of the truth about what this game really is. Mm-hmm. The less you give a fuck yeah. about what people think about your process. Right. Because you know what's on the other side. Right. right? Like, now that I know what's in the bottom of that hole of me digging, mm-hmm. and then I know I'm going to pull up some crystals and some gems on mm-hmm. my way, mm-hmm. I'm not willing to not dig. Right. Right. You, you right. It's a, as more um, you understand that, that the greater possibility is on the other side of that. Like, you already know what the fuck is out here. Right. The same old I shit. I got 40 years worth yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is. I know what you Negroes going to do on this side. <laughs> yeah. Let me go over here and do some, some uncovering and some self-discovery because that's the stuff I don't know. I can't yes. find that in the Bible. Right. I can't find it in the Quran. Right. I can't find it in talking to you. I can't find it anywhere but in here. Right. So I got to go looking for it in here. Right, and that's the risk that you have to take of a lot of people think is lonely, but it's just, you're just alone. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a huge amount of, um, what do you call that, of vibration and connection in being with oneself. I'm so glad you said that, because that's when my healing journey started. Mm-hmm. When I started, I stopped drinking, mm-hmm. and I started sitting alone. Mm-hmm. And in that aloneness is when I started meditating and praying, and my I could hear differently mm-hmm. in that alone time you get different ears yes you do get different ears, and you hear different messages mm-hmm. now fast forward what was that 2018 2018 so three years later fast forward three years later being alone is one of my most valuable things right when five six years ago i couldn't stand to be alone i had to call somebody i had to be under somebody or on top of somebody or doing something for somebody. I mm-hmm. couldn't be alone because the silence was too loud. And the the worth conversation. 
Yeah. If I'm by myself, that means nobody likes me. Mm-hmm. That means nobody loves me. Mm-hmm. I have to be with somebody or around somebody or doing something for somebody or contributing to somebody in order to have self-worth. Mm-hmm. Because contributing to myself is not a worthy. Right. And there is, <laughs> that's the number one place to contribute. Right, right. Yeah. Because with that contribution to self, that's the only way you're contributing to anyone yes. else. I say all those other acts were false acts on some level. Did they happen? They did, but you weren't even in them. Right, <laughs> right. Halfway there, why right. are you doing the work anyway? I say that. Um, darn, I lost my thought that quick. When I talk about healing as an act of self love, I also there is there are so many gifts in the silence. Right. So much that you can hear from yourself in the silence. Um, And it took me a while before I understood that I was a codependent Mm. person. I had developed this pattern where I need, and not only being codependent, but a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. Right? I know, right? (laughs) And in that, I had to, that was hard. Yeah. Because you like, the individual, right, right, and to own that your individualism was based and it on wasn't that, real. It yeah, was it wasn't real, yeah. You know, it's on me trying to get, trying to feel worthy. Yes. Trying to feel important, feeling right. loved. So I'm doing all these things and creating these scenarios around me. And these days, it's just me, mm-hmm. just me, myself, and I, in a real way. And. <clears throat> That in and of itself is a healing relationship over and over and over again. Every time I sit with myself, I heal myself. Right. Yeah. And that, and when you trace that back, because for me, when you said that, mine was uh, wanting people to like me. That had been a source of my childhood angst. And mm-hmm. it grew into my adult angst. Like that if... If I showed something and you liked it, I became more of it. I was a chameleon in that way. So I was always this way for you. Mm. And if you liked something else, I was always this way for you. I never was my... I was myself, not really. I was the most of myself that I could be so that you could be impressed with me and like me and want me around. So when I couldn't perform that because either I was tired or just the jig was up because just generally what happened, the jig be up and be like, bitch, you can't keep it up. You you can only tap dance for so long before you Mm -hmm. need water, right? So it's like, what was like, there's no show today? (laughs) Where's the performance? But I'd be like, no. (laughs) It's just me. It's just me. Like, that's not enough. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, no way. You never liked me. Right, but you never gave me I never, never gave place. a chance to like me. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. showed up as me. Mm-hmm. And when I show up as me, motherfuckers usually don't like it mm-hmm. because I'm not, you know, like making them feel great. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very flat as me. I'm not a like, um, I don't. I, I, some people would say no, I like it like that, but I, I'm not the chameleon. Right. The chameleon is very good at making is flattering you, making you feel like you're necessary, making you feel like you're needed and wanted. And that's some shit I learned. You know what I mean? That in order to have people around me, I had to do all these things to make them feel comfortable. And when I stopped doing those things, then people be like, this it? Yeah, that's it. Yep, this it right here. Deadpan. 
Um, that's it. That's it. That's all. Right. If I feel like having fun, I have fun. If I don't, I don't. Right. And you're going to have to put up with that or get the fuck out of my space because I'm not a fucking caricature. I, I get that I showed up as that. We, you know, we, <laughs> who is this that talks about this? Don Miguel, um, Miguel Ruiz, Ruiz Jr. Mm. has a book. And is that his son? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they both do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, he's a shaman too, and he talks about the party mm-hmm. of life and being. You know, everybody's playing a role at the party, right, right? Right. Right. And so we're all walking around here. Most of us, not all of us, but a vast majority of us, are walking around in here pretending, yes. performing, yes. putting on the illusion. And half the time, we don't even know we're doing it because we've been doing it so long, we think it's us. And it's how we've survived. Right. And it served us in yes, many ways. Kept us alive us. in a lot of ways. Kept our families together. Got kept us jobs. Home. Right. So why not yeah. keep using it? Mm-hmm. But the, the gift of healing is getting to know your true self. Right. And to know your most authentic self. Some might say your God self. Right. I say that all the time. The highest, the your highest possibility yeah. of who you are, you know, your 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 spiritual self. Yes. Sometimes, <clears throat> so I, this is gonna sound, you know, it ain't gonna sound no kind of way. It's gonna sound like what the fuck it sounds like. <laughs> Sometimes I am looking at myself living. Right. Like right now, my higher self is watching right. us like astral this podcast. astral traveling right. above yourself. Yes, that's the real angel. Right. Actually, that that doesn't have a name. Yeah, it has, it's just it has energy, all source. the names that I've ever right. been. Right, all of who I am or whatever. When I look at life from that perspective, like angel, you're not you're doing two things. Right, you're living it. Right, you're being in it. You're experiencing it, right. and you're also experiencing it from yeah. up here mm-hmm. like how would you even know like how would i even know to change my perception and look at the three of us right from up here if there is no up here there has right. to be an up here right. and it ain't god so i know that's me right right and i think that a lot of times we are in this we're in this space where we have all of these illusions we can't even see ourselves so Four or five years ago, I had so many illusions. I couldn't even have told you that, that you there was a me that from could a see perspective down, down here. Right, right, right. Because right. you were aware that of that higher self. Because this was that. all that is. Right, right. But it's 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 much bigger than that. And um, that's that ego conversation. Oh man, so. I think we covered most yeah, of we that. Yeah, we talked through a lot of stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> it started on healing as a concept and what it means to us. And then we ended here on ego. Right. So, um, what's our... Where we at? We had our... We want to do some closing words and then talk about my mother's sauce. All right. So, yeah. I mean, as far as healing for... You know, just do it, man. And, you know, it's... It's going to be difficult. I, I like the. I want to be one of those people who say, it's just so easy. It's just, you just do it. It's not. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of intense. It's intense. It That's the intense. word. It's not, it's not that it's difficult. It's intense. Because you are daring to uh, look at yourself, like, at all the pieces of yourself and acknowledge they exist mm. on a certain level. And that can be intense alone because, you know, you want to act like, 
all of you is like together and moving in one part, but honestly, we're also compartmentalized and we're different place, different pieces of ourselves at different parts in the, of our lives and different places and different people, right? Um, so just give yourself a chance to just acknowledge that you are moving through various experiences mm -hmm. and then um, accept that there's a, another experience, a healing experience that gets to come into play that brings all of those pieces together and allows them to be free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me, to add to what you just said and thinking about the different pieces of who we are, uh, I will offer that you know, there's always an opportunity to try different things. Mm. Try different things, and and they'll and what you'll uncover is what works best for you to start to put your pieces together, right? So it might be meditation, it could be prayer. Some people do yoga. I for me, sound is very important, mm -hmm. so I do a lot of sound meditation. I I listen to different sounds to just help. Um, sound healing is bomb. To help bring some groundedness to my experience. Yes, I'm about to get a bowl, a sound, a singing bowl. Um, <laughs> You're joining my world. Yes. Thank the Taoist teachings for that. Oh man, but, Taoism. Um, we got to get on. That. I love Taoism. Yes. We'll talk. We'll definitely talk about Taoism in another show. But yeah, just identify some tools or things that you can do to help you um, reintroduce yourself to yourself. You don't have to jump into your healing journey head on. Just try different things. Right. See what comes up. Read, journal, yeah. write, explore, talk to your homies. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah, draw, dance, yeah. go so, skate, do yeah. stuff, move your body, do things, allow yourself to try those things that you were scared to try. Maybe you won't be great at it. So what? But the experience is there for a reason. Like, right. you're supposed to get something out of it. Right. It's not always supposed to be an end game that you start making jewelry and you own a store or you start drawing and you become an artist. I think we, <laughs> yeah. that's that capitalism that is, mindset that where is. it's like as soon as you pick up a hobby, you got to turn it into something that makes money, right? Yeah. yeah you could pick Sometimes up it's just a healing process. Just for your heart. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was good. So what's, what's mumbo sauce for the people today? Our mumbo sauce for today is... Y'all don't know, if you don't know, if it, now you do know, I am an author whoop, whoop. of about five or six books. I lose count. But mainly, I know at least five of them are on Amazon <laughs> in the ebook section. And this book today is um, The Imposter's Guide for Self-Love and Healing. I wrote this book. When did I write this book? 2018. 20, 20, 20, 2017, 2018. 2017, 2018. And it actually is about, you know, my chameleon syndrome and my imposter syndrome and how I had to own that I'd never really shown up as myself and how I dug into those spaces to find out who I am, what I like, what I want to be, all those things and the processes that I used to get to the meat of mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. um, those ideals. And um, Angel's done the Imposter's Guide. I have. I'm a big fan of the Imposter's Guide. It transformed my life. Honestly, like literally, 
accelerated my healing journey and um, changed my life in a way that I'm forever thankful and grateful. So I will always tell people, go and get the Imposter's Guide, a guide on healing. Um, if you haven't heard of it, it's on Amazon. Check it out. It's what, 24, 26 pages. It's yeah, it's little, not very long. It's, it's a, a little, little book. Little book it's of a healing. little guide, but it is jam-packed with some shit that will turn your shit upside down and reintroduce you to yourself in an amazing way. So check it out if you haven't already done Right, so. it's the Imposter's Guide for Self-Love and Healing. It is under my government name, Arnita Harp. <laughs> Don't be saying that loud. <laughs> Make me get some feasts on y'all. Don't be calling me Arnita in these streets. I'm Zoha in these streets. But the book is on Amazon. It is an e-book. <laughs> you can download it to your phone all you have to do is get the um app what is it the reading app what is that app? Kindle. the kindle yes kindle app thanks and uh, you can download it to your phone from there i think it's only like two bucks i'm not trying to get rich off this i'm just trying to help people heal so go heal and i think that's our show for today right that's it all right that's man. All. thank y'all for joining us you can catch us on our feeds uh uh Instagram is Salt Pepper Ketchup Podcast. Our um, website is www.saltpepperketchuppodcast.com. So we'll see you over there. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace.